We are uh, going to be diving into the book of Mark. Uh, I get to uh, start off this uh, series as we go into the gospel of Mark. And so, Grand Prairie Alliance Church, our vision is make Jesus known. And so, uh, nothing better than to talk about Jesus and uh, to go through the gospel of Mark. And so, Mark is one of four gospels. It's in the uh, beginning of the New Testament. And... Um, the essence of Mark can be summarized in chapter 10, verse 45, uh, 10, excuse me, verse 45. It says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Here we see this picture of a servant savior that we're going to see throughout the book of Mark, and where we get uh, this idea of servant leadership. And that has been translated even to today. If you see this in business, you see this in our families, is that the best leader is a servant leader. And that is modeled after Jesus. It's a gospel of action. Um, the, the book of Mark is, uh, is one of the only gospels that do not contain the birth narrative of Jesus. We jump right into his ministry. And uh, so, um, excited to get that started today. Today, some of your lives are going to be changed forever. And today, some of you are going to take the step of obedience and get baptized today and uh, not because I have convincing words, but because of the Word of God. And so, um, as I just prepare you, uh, we got clothes on the back. We got towels on the back. And so, if you haven't been baptized yet, today could be your day. Uh, so, just that I have all of your attention. Today's Wordle is Bible. So, speaking of Bible, would you guys turn your Bibles on or flip to the Gospel of Mark chapter 1? Okay, the Gospel of Mark chapter 1 in the New Testament, Matthew, uh, excuse me, Mark chapter 1. So we're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to go to 13 uh, throughout the sermon, but we're going to uh, break it up into a couple pieces here. So Mark chapter 1, verse 1, we're gonna, I'm going to read for you guys in the New Living Translation. This is the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written. Look, I am sending a messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. Verse 3, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way, for the Lord is coming. Clear the road for him. And so, uh, actually, as soon as we jump into the book of Mark, uh, Jesus is a theme here, but we see John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is a messenger as we go on to verse 4. It says, this messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptized to show that they have repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. All of Judea, including the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John, and they confessed their sins. He baptized them in the Jordan River. Verse 6, his clothes were woven with coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. And so uh, I'm going to spare you guys the visual of uh, what uh, John might look like, but I'm wearing a belt today, all right? And oftentimes before the Lord appears, you see this in the Old Testament, is that there's a prophet to say, get ready. And so who is this guy, John the Baptist, that would, people would leave their, the area they're from, 
leave this city and go into the wilderness to hear this guy preach. So I'm thinking like, wow, that's, this guy must be pretty good. But, you know, all of you guys got up this morning and came to hear me. So I, I feel like we're, we're, we're the same. Um, I got a little bit better clothes on, you know, it's all right. And so um, many came to the wilderness. They left where they were to hear the word. And so this biblical concept of repentance is what, is what John was preaching. And it's often rooted in the wilderness tradition. And so when Israel was freed from Egypt, God called them to the wilderness. It's this calling of people to come out of where you were, come out to what, of what you're used to and where, you, where you've been and come and meet God. John the Baptist was the herald. He was the primary witness to Jesus. His whole body embodied the message of Jesus. He lived a life of repentance and devotion to God. He was fearless in rebuking the religious, religious leaders of the day. At one point he called the Pharisees, you brood of vipers. Uh, I struggle to, uh, to translate it into today's language, so I would probably say something like, you brood of vipers. And I would probably hand him a mirror and probably hit him with it a few times and tell him that the gospel is about love. But following Jesus is about following a person and not about doing things, not about checking things off a list. He told the tax collectors to be fair. He instructed people to share with those who are less fortunate. But what is the, the deal with this guy's wardrobe? Coarse camel hair and a leather belt. And just as his garb suggested, he also was self-forgiving, self-forgiving, self-forgetting and humble. You know, people then aren't that different than we are today, are they? They want to gain as much stuff as they could. They want to be known and respected in their community. But down to his clothes, John was about being counter-cultural and going after the things of God, which is people, and not the things of this world. We pick up back in the text, verse 7. Mark chapter 1, verse 7. John announced, someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So all these people came out to hear John the Baptist preach. He has a captive audience. And he says, don't follow me follow Jesus. It's Jesus that baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. The word in Greek for baptize is not that much different. It's baptizo, and it means to immerse or to drench. Back to the text, we go to verse 9, and Jesus comes on the scene. One day Jesus came from Nazareth, excuse me, Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up from the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son. 
and you bring me great joy. Can you imagine this scene? Can you imagine Jesus in the water? And imagine from John's point of view, he's talking about this guy that would come and here he is. It says that heaven split open and the Holy Spirit descended. And a voice from the Father. This is one of the places in the Bible where we see the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all present. And God the Father says to Jesus, you are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. This is where, when we read in the first verse, or first couple of verses of Mark there, it was prophesying about one that would come. They were waiting for God to show up. And this is where God anoints Jesus and says, and he shows up, the Spirit descends on a dove, and this empowers Jesus, and God is the Father here talking to his son Jesus. You see, by his baptism, he associated himself with us. He placed us, he placed himself among the guilty. Not for his own salvation, but for ours. Not for his own guilt, but for ours. Not because he feared the wrath to come, but to save us from it. His baptism meant the cross. Jesus' baptism marked the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He's now empowered to battle Satan's temptations in the desert. So we go back to verse 12. It says, Then the Spirit compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. He was out among the wild animals and the angels took care of him. Once again, Jesus on our behalf, suffering the temptations of the devil just like how we suffer temptation and all for our sake. To summarize, we're going to go back to the life of John the Baptist. John the Baptist himself, he was his witness. It was his life. It was his character. It was who he was about, his love for God that compelled him to tell everyone who would listen to live a modest life and to share the good news. Are we like John? Are we desperate to share our lives and the hope we have with our community? You know, Jesus himself, uh, we find in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, verse 28, Jesus himself called John more than a prophet. He actually called him the greatest born human. Can you imagine being the greatest born human? Later in that verse, he actually continues and said, yet the one who is the least in the kingdom of God is even greater than he. Friends, God's kingdom is for you and is for me. And God invites you. He has a new story for you. He has a new story for me. But you might say, well, I don't have a story. You might feel that you're one of the least to deserve the love of Jesus. But today can be your day. And I believe it is for 
for somebody here. John preached a baptism of repentance. Today, all you have to do is to repent and believe, and your story starts today. This is how a follower of Jesus and his or her story starts. Uh, if you guys would turn on your Bibles, you can flip over to uh, the book of Romans. So the book of Romans is just a couple books in. I think it's the, the fifth book, I believe. Anybody verify that? No, it's the sixth, right? Okay. Um, book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 8. Chapter 5, verse 8. Okay, we're going to go through the Romans road. And this is, these are verses that you want to highlight in your Bible. These are verses that you want to memorize. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. It's the love of Christ that is extended to you and to me even before we knew him. That's why he gave us his son, Jesus. And you flip a few pages back, Romans 3.23. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This is an even playing field. The people in your row, the people beside you, all have fallen short. Which means we need a savior. All of us have lied. All of us have cheated. Are selfish. Are out for our own gain. For our own success. And if we flip a few pages forward to Romans 6.23. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. The result of sin is death. And we all deserve it. But your only rescue is Jesus. And that is free. And this might be the hardest part of the gospel because we don't get free, right? Nothing's free in this world, right? If someone gives you something for free, they're like, what's the catch? And that is the good news. That even though we don't deserve it, that Christ died for you and for me. And so all you have to do is believe. And so we jump down to Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. If you guys would turn just a few pages there, this is most important. Chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. This is how you lead someone to the Lord to find a new life in Jesus. Today we're going to do that. And it's so Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. In the NLT it says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it's by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Another translation is like, if you confess with your mouth, you need to say the words because it's about belief. And so, today as we talk about baptism, first comes repentance. John's words to his audience, and I believe God's word to us this morning is to repent and to believe. To repent means to change direction, literally. 
from living to self to living for God, from pursuing material things, pursuing the world and what the world calls success and riches, is to pursuing holiness and to love people and to love God. From death to life. And so this morning, if that is something that might be new to you, This is what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to be a Christian. And so I'm going to pray a prayer, quite simple prayer. And we're just going to go slowly through it so that if this is the first time and you want to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, I'd ask you just to repeat after me. And you can do that silently or you can do that out loud. So would you bow your heads with me and let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that you love me. I know that I'm a sinner and that I do wrong things. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die in my place and to forgive me. Please forgive me. And Jesus, would you be the Lord and Savior of my life? I want to live eternally with you. In Jesus' name, amen. For some of us, we've prayed that prayer a long time ago. And for some of you, it wasn't that long ago. And for today, it may be someone's first time. And so we rejoice with you because you're part of the family of God. After you believed, you got baptized. A uh, colleague of mine, he, he said, hey, there's water. Let's go, get, let's go get wet. And so in presenting Jesus' baptism, in, we're going to follow his example. And we're going to give the opportunity for you to get baptized today. And the advantage that we have now not being in the time of uh, this gospel of Mark written is that it's not just a baptism of repentance, but in belief in Jesus God's own son. The baptism is a step of obedience, and today can be your day. And so, um, baptism is a symbol. And just like this jersey is a symbol. Putting on the jersey doesn't make you an Edmonton oiler. It's, a, it's symbolic of the oilers. It shows you who team, whose team you're with. Just like getting baptized doesn't save you, but it's a symbol of the salvation that has already taken place. You are saying, I'm on Team Jesus. Baptism is an outward symbol of an inward decision, 
And so today, if you've already given your life to Jesus, or today you gave your life to Jesus, your next step is to get baptized. And we invite you to do that today. Um, first, I'm going to invite the worship team to join me on stage here. And this will be the time where the elders are going to make their way out to the back. And it's for you that have decided to turn from living from the wor- for the world to living for Jesus. You can make your way out the back, and an elder is going to help you in the process to get baptized today. So maybe you didn't plan on doing that today, but if the Holy Spirit is nudging you in any way, young and old, whether you've been a Christian for a long time or a short time, don't delay. We have clothes in the back. We've got towels ready for you. This is where I'm just going to ask anyone who's been baptized before, would you please stand with me? So as I was preparing this message, I was like, okay, like I'm going to call these, out, these guys out. They've been baptized. They're going to stand up. But this is what you signed up for. Maybe your baptism tank didn't look like that. But do you remember that? This is the team I play on. So I have confidence in asking you to stand. And these people are not better than you. But they're the guys that invite you to, uh, to, to ask them about their story. Ask them why they got baptized. Would you ask them? Would the rest of you please stand with us? It's really powerful when you're surrounded by your family, when you're surrounded by your team. One more hockey thing. I was in the arena where the Oilers played, the old arena, and it was none more beautiful than when the ice was gone and there was a youth conference of 14,000 teenagers worshiping Jesus on the same team or ready to be a part of the team. And we saw God move in a powerful way. So to close and to respond our time together, to wait for those who will be baptized today, I have two questions for you. It's the two questions that I ask before we baptize you. Have you invited Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life? Is it your desire to follow him all the rest of your days? Did you know the word baptism uh, wasn't just used for church? Actually, they talked about, uh, they gave this example of a pickle. Is that, you know, the, the Greek word for baptize is baptizo, right? Which means to immerse and to dunk. And so when you baptize the cucumber in this water, in the vinegar, it actually forever changes that state. It doesn't go back to being a cucumber. And this is what you do when you take this step of baptism. is to symbolize that you are forever changed. Back to the beginning of verses, it said that 
I baptize you with water. This is John the Baptist. But he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is what you want, to be drenched by the Holy Spirit. And you can ask Jesus for that today. To be overflowing with his love, with his power, and with his grace. that. Just take a couple minutes just to pray. Ask for more of Jesus.